0: stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. This question has come up a lot, folks, as we head toward legalization of marijuana next year. I mean, what's the impact going to be when it comes to young people and drug use? I think there are some fears and maybe maybe not unjustified, but fears that maybe will be adding to the problem. Now, certainly the government has sold legalization as, hey, this is a way to keep it out of the hands of young people. But we got mixed success when we look at some of the other legal drugs. Uh, Tobacco, sure, we've made a lot of progress. Alcohol, maybe less so. Now, it was interesting because uh, a few days ago there were some new stats out in the United States, the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, and found declines in teen marijuana use right across the United States, including the states that have legalized In Colorado, teen marijuana use is down. Washington, D.C., teen marijuana use down. Oregon, Washington State as well. So that's encouraging. But what about here in Canada? Because when it comes to teen marijuana use, typically our our numbers have been above the average when it comes to uh, OECD countries. So some interesting numbers. Now, these are specific to Ontario, but but some broader trends that, that perhaps may be evident elsewhere finds that Ontario students in grades 7 through 12 are drinking, smoking, and using drugs at the lowest rates since they began measuring this way back in 1977. So this comes directly from the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Joining us to talk a bit more about these numbers, Dr. Robert Mann joins us, senior scientist with the Institute for Mental Health Policy Research, uh, at CAM, and associate scientist with the Center for Research on Inner City Health at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. Dr. Mann, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Uh, doing very well. So, Good. you know, when we look at some of these numbers, maybe some of this shouldn't surprise us, like cigarette use we, we know is, is, has been trending in the right direction for some time. But yeah, people are worried about teens and alcohol, teens and cannabis, teens and other drugs. So what do these ten uh, trends tell us?
1: Well, I think um, this year uh, in the student survey, we wanted to focus on the long term trends because that's a that 's an important issue uh, understanding where where we've been and where we're headed to and as you as you pointed out we're seeing significant declines in the use of the major drugs that really affect uh, young people uh, at this age. We see declines in alcohol cannabis tobacco in and several other drugs as well too so these I think these are these are Positive findings and uh, we're encouraged by that um, and uh, it, it generally I think the um, maybe reflecting um, um, m- more health consciousness among young people now than we saw 20 years ago uh, but it could be reflecting uh, a number of things we can't really uh, identify causes in the survey because of the nature of the yes. study but we can speculate
0: well, yeah, I mean, it is interesting because, you know, we've seen similar trends in other areas, like yeah. uh, when it comes to sexuality, studies that have shown teens have been postponing, um, you know, their first sexual experience until, until later years. And it's, it's kind of a similar trend here because, you know, when, when teens are trying these things, they're, they're doing so at an older age now that's
1: certainly that 's certainly part of it, and when it comes to substance use that 's a very positive thing. We know that that 's happening in in our survey data because we ask about um did you use it for the first time in the past year or when did you first start using uh, the substance uh, if you have and what we've seen over the uh, uh, over the past uh, couple of decades which accounts for quite a substantial portion of the declines in use overall that we're seeing is that young people are using or starting to use these substances at later ages and again, we know that if you start using substances at a later age that in general you're less likely to experience problems. And that's been a, a focus of prevention efforts, I think, in the past couple of decades is to postpone uh, starting to use substances um, till a later age, till, you know, the brain is more developed and, and so on. So that's, a, I think, a very positive observation.
0: Uh, th- there are some areas of concern, though, and-, and certainly one of the issues that's out there right now when it comes to to illicit substance use is the question of fentanyl and how dangerous that can be, and, and the opioid crisis we're in the midst of right now. Yeah. What do these numbers tell us about you know the-, the danger posed to young people?
1: I I think it's it's significant, um, although in 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 our data telling uh, are telling us there are some kind of mixed messages we look at we started asking about uh, uh, non medical use of prescription opioids in two thousand and seven, and we were actually quite shocked to find that about twenty percent of the students reported uh, using uh, 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 prescription opioids non medically at that time and since then we 've seen declines, and so that number is now to ten percent and um, it's it's a it's a it's a good news story because uh, uh, we've seen significant reductions in um, in use of these powerful drugs, but still ten percent is is a high proportion of students in grade seven to twelve to be using these drugs in a non medical way. And of course, we've heard a lot about fentanyl uh, in the past uh, couple of years. Fentanyl is a very powerful opioid drug, um, and uh, because in very 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 small amounts. Um, it can result in an overdose or even a death. And uh, it's been involved in a, a large number of fatalities recently. So we, uh, one of the purposes of the survey is to try to uh, monitor emerging drugs in the student population. So we asked about fentanyl use for the very first time. And um, we do that, and in, in we've done that with other drugs. And sometimes what we see is that, you know, a drug gets a lot of attention in the press, in the media, um, but we really don't see uh, it, it emerging in the student population. The numbers are really too small for us to report uh, because they're statistically unreliable. But in the case of fentanyl uh, in 2017, we found that uh, 1%, about 1% of students in grades nine to 12 report using this very, very powerful, dangerous drug. Uh, so it has kind of reached the threshold where we can report the number of users. One um, percent is is a small number, true, uh, but it still represents about 6,000 students across the province who are take are uh, putting themselves at very yeah. great risk
0: yeah, yeah it still adds a pretty scary number yeah uh, on a couple of other fronts and and this speaks to some regulatory challenges uh, we're dealing with in canada i mean there's the cannabis legalization but also when it comes to regulating e-cigarettes and so this survey looks at e-cigarette use mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me because maybe it's not a surprise we're, we're seeing teens experiment with with these devices we continue to see the smoking rate coming down which is encouraging but uh, are there areas of concern here
1: there are um, I think, as you mentioned um it's been a very positive uh, development in seeing reductions in in smoking cigarettes, and that's um, that's a good observation because we know that tobacco is a leading cause or the leading cause of preventable mortality in this country um, nevertheless, uh, we see that uh, young people are are uh, reporting uh, using electronic cigarettes or vaping. Um, at um, a rate that's quite a bit higher than those using uh, conventional tobacco cigarettes. And uh, this is a concern because they can still use nicotine uh, in these vaping devices. And uh, what we don't know yet, but what we suspect is that if you start using nicotine through a vaping device is that you're more likely to graduate, if you will, to using tobacco cigarettes. And that's that's a very negative outcome from a health perspective.
0: And what about legalization? Uh, I I mean, it's hard to know, I guess, until we go through it, what the experience is going to be. I mean, we can look to other jurisdictions. But uh, part of what you did in the survey was to gauge the views of young people on the question of legalization.
1: Yes, we're certainly interested to see... um what's going to happen over the next uh, few administrations of the survey with legalization and we wanted to get a sense of of what young people's views are at this time in anticipation of legalization so first of all we asked them um, if they were in favor of legalizing cannabis use for adults and interestingly about a third um, said that they were in favor of legalizing cannabis for adults but a third also said that they were against legalizing cannabis for adults and the remaining third really wasn't sure. So there wasn't a clear um, majority or unanimity of opinion on this topic. And we also... uh, I think there are concerns that uh, legalization might uh, lead to higher rates of use or might uh, lead to uh, result in, in kind of uh, or, uh, pent-up demand to use uh, cannabis. So we asked uh, the students if uh, they anticipated or they expected to use cannabis once it becomes legal. And uh, interestingly, about two-thirds, the majority of students, told us that they uh, would not use cannabis when it becomes legal. So, I mean, I think that was uh, a, a positive observation, suggesting that there isn't, um, that, that, that impending legalization isn't creating a pent-up demand to use the drug. So I think we're seeing a, a pretty level-headed group of young people out there uh, watching uh, this um, uh, uh, process unfold, uh, we'll certainly be interested to monitor uh, cannabis-related behaviors and attitudes uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Well, people can read more for themselves at camh.ca. Uh, Dr. Mann, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. All right, take care. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Robert Mann. He's a senior scientist uh, at the Center uh, for um, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, camh.ca. And so this is um, a pretty exhaustive survey they've been doing since 1977. Again, it's Ontario-specific, but it's over 11,000 students in what is Canada's longest-running uh, systematic study of drug use among youth. In fact, one of the longest-running in the world. So here's what the trends look like. Uh, some of this peaked around 20 years ago, so that's kind of the starting point of looking at the change in these numbers. Consumption of the most commonly used drugs has gone down substantially. Alcohol from 66% to 42.5. Cannabis from 28% to 19. Tobacco cigarettes from 28.4% to 7. Drinking and driving from 14% to 4.2%. Now, with some of these, you could argue any number above zero is a problem. But this represents, I think, a lot of progress. Why is it happening? There is no obvious answer. And I think it's the result of a lot of different things. Uh, but certainly part of it, and we see it manifested in other areas, that the teens seem less inclined to risk taking behavior. Not sure again why that is, but maybe that's a, a positive trend. Are teens getting smarter? Is that possible? <laughs> teens getting more sensible? Wouldn't that be something? I don't know if that's the case, but you know, these these numbers are encouraging. Anyway, 403 974 8255 Is there number here? 974-TALK. Your reaction. To all of this, and maybe what it tells us about legalization come next year. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12:30 on News
1: Talk, 770 Calgary.